Here we go, folks, with Inside Middle Tennessee on a nice, wet day. Anybody got the, you know, maybe we ought to change it. We, we need SpongeBob in here to be a, to be one of, the, one of the hosts or something like that. So, anyway, we got a full house today. It's kind of unusual for us to have a full house. Somebody's usually kind of out somewhere. But, anyway, let me introduce the players. I'm Jim Ross. We've got Terry Wilcox on the board. Mm-hmm. Coach. James Dickerson, Representative Scott Sapicki. Good morning, everybody. Now, why am I not surprised? He said, "How about go Vols? Where are they going? <laughs> not surprised. They're going to Tuscaloosa this year. Yeah, it's good. The identical twins of Sheila Hickman and her daughter Sarah Elizabeth. Go Big Blue Raiders. There you go. I saw Chip Walter was on the cover of uh, of a of a promotional He's piece. Not yes, to Lindsey Nelson. All right. We're going to have to get you a microphone yeah. one of these oh, days. That's all right. I'm good. And we're going to welcome back our former co-host. He's just now retired to the farm, Bill Glidden. Bill, we're glad to see you. Thank you very much. It's kind of pleasant to be in here. Uh, well, I got your chair. I'm sorry. No, you no, want no, back? no, no. It's not, my, it's not my chair anymore. Besides that, my chair's over in the corner. You have a brand new one. So, <laughs> oh, I got one with the back on it. Yeah, I, I hear you. I, hear you. Uh, I like having one with the back I, on it. I could it. have used one like that, too. But uh, I know you got some news for us or something you want to talk about. Well, actually, uh, part of the reason I came in was to just see you guys again. And I I don't feel up to it every morning, but sometimes today I, I was ready for it. And, and I'm going to come back next Friday, too, and bring Josh Crager uh Everybody knows him. He's a rodeo cowboy <laughs> local guy, and uh, he's he's sponsoring the bulls, barrels, and Bronx for the county fair, which is uh, coming up in about a month. Right. And, right, and his show will actually open the uh, uh, Murray County Sheriff's Rodeo. Well, not the, the, not the sheriff's the rodeo. Fair. That's the one we just had. This okay. is the fair. County fair. This oh is yeah, the Murray yeah. County okay. Fair, yeah. and. Uh, uh, but this is kind of a, I was talking earlier, this is kind of a streamlined version of rodeo that's catching on all over the country where they don't do the uh, breakaway roping, the steer wrestling, the team roping, and, and all of that stuff. They just do Bronx, Bulls, and barrel racing. Oh, so hello. it's a BBB thing. It goes a lot faster, and uh, he's got a pretty good halftime act that, that he's going to bring in uh I've forgotten, and I'm so sorry. I forgot the lady's name. That's all right. You got another three, four weeks to remember. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring him in next week, so he can he can push it, and uh, uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Just giving it, getting a chance to help him out a little bit, and and uh, I want to, you guys are probably aware. I turned 84 years old the end of May. Wow, and I've been dealing with cancer since 21 since I left this show and turned it over to you, Jim. Uh, but I've been whipping it up to this point. Well, well I think you're still whipping it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. One of my doctors says I'm too darn ornery to die. <laughs> hey, hey, Bill, there's, there's an old saying that says, mean don't die. Yeah. So, you know. Well, and I, listen, I don't want to die, so I work pretty hard at being mean. <laughs> comes to you naturally, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, well, it does, kind of. It really does. But I stay active, and we do the horses all the time. I get the teams out. I've got six horses still I take care of twice a day. I've got eight wagons, and we drive them all the time. I've been teaching a 13-year-old girl 
from church how to drive the oh. team, and she can actually drive both teams oh. now. Uh, one's, a, one's a team of standard breads, one's a team of quarter horse palominos, and, and she, boy, she does an amazing job. And, you ready for this? I have a 13-year-old great-granddaughter. Wow. Good Lord. Is doing the same. Well, that's not my oldest one. <laughs> 13-year-old great-granddaughter doing the same thing, drive both teams. Wow. wow. Now, how old is your oldest great-grandchild? 19. Good Lord, Bill. Yeah. You know? But you got to remember, he's, 19 years he's 84. He's 84. And he fought, he well, fought now, in the revolution. Oh, so he corresponded with Thomas Jefferson, didn't he? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Actually, we, he was a year ahead of me in school. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, uh, uh, I started when I was 12. Bill, while I got you here, uh, because we have a lot of, obviously, have a lot of new listeners, because we had a lot of influx of people in the county, as you well know, uh, remind us of your past movie and TV career, oh, some of the stuff you gracious. some of the stuff you used to do back in the old days, and fairly recently up there with Fox, uh, not, too, not too many years ago. Well, okay, let me start at the end and again, work, kind of work back if I can. I really... I don't want to blow my old... Oh, yeah, I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> uh, 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 I was working a movie called Desperate Riders when they discovered the cancer. And we finished it. I took a team of horses and, and uh, a carriage up. And my job was to uh, haul off the co-star, the female co-star, at the end of, towards the end of the movie. And uh, it was in February, and it was in the middle of the snowstorm and it was cold it was about 25 degrees I mean it was really really cold but we had to film because we were under a deadline and everything went well we got it all done but I was starting to feel poorly and then they found the cancer the next month Mm -hmm. and they started treating me the month after that but uh, it hasn't stopped me but anyway I worked on that movie that was in 21 and uh, if you all remember the TV show Sleepy Hollow? Um, yeah, there was yeah, a Fox yeah. production, right? Fox Fox, production. That was yeah. For, yeah, 20th Century Fox. I worked on that for three seasons. Um, the, f- the first year I worked on it was the second year of its existence. I went to North Carolina to work on it and did some stunt riding. And then we moved to Atlanta. And then when they got to Atlanta, they started hiring my horses and wagons. And I was over there, oh, I don't know, probably a dozen shows. And we did a, a pilot show called Making History that only lasted a year. That was also a period picture, 1700s. And uh, prior to that, I, you know, I, I did a half a dozen movies. Uh, Work of the Glory was a, a Mormon picture we did back in, oh, I forget what year, probably 94 or something in that ballpark. But uh, You were a stunt double on a TV show. Weren't you at one time in your younger days a stunt double for? Oh, I on, was I, I, on the Virginian. Yeah, I'm going to go all the way back to the 1960s. <laughs> in 1964, January of 1964. I wasn't I, here. You weren't there. A lot of you not weren't 64, here. 64. I was not 60, here in 64. 66. I, worked, I was here. I well, a <laughs> couple of us were. I was. <laughs> I worked on the TV show The Virginian, mm-hmm. and yep. uh, uh, for seven years. And, you know, if you're a stunt double, surely, how in the world do you keep from getting busted up? You don't. (laughs) 
you don't. You, no, you, you get busted up. What you try to do, you strive to not get hurt really badly. I mean, there's no way you're going to do that stuff without getting dinged up. You just can't do it. Yeah. Now, there were certain stunts that I would not do. I wasn't that crazy. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but for for doing double work, I mean, you gotta you gotta fall off horses. But now that when they prepare that, when you do, watch the next stunt. You see somebody falling off a horse. See what the ground looks like when they hit it. If it's soft, if it splashes up, they turn it up. They oh. make it really soft. Yeah. So it's not hard ground. It's not concrete. It's not blacktop. Yeah, you're hitting pretty soft dirt, and you know how to fall. You know how to fall, and you wear pads. You wear you, you protect your joints, your elbows, your knees, your hip. You can sometimes when we were going to do some really serious falls, we had a wetsuit on underneath the costume. Wow! You know for the rubber. And, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to help. It helps hold your body together a little bit. Yeah. And uh, keep the it from compression. Just, yeah. <laughs> And it really wasn't so bad. It wasn't so bad. Uh, Bill, I've I've uh, I've got a got a question for you that that I already know the answer to, but I want to ask it on air. What's your favorite period of history? Oh man, that's a tough one. No, uh, it's not, because you used to be a reenactor for the longest oh, time I, up in I Williamsburg, Virginia. My my wife and I had a little company called Historical Interpretations for a long time, and we did. Uh, I love the, the Civil War era. I love the era of the uh, Revolutionary War, the 17, late 1700s. But my favorite one is the Regency period. 1812. 1840s, 1830s. And uh, I love that. Uh, the style of clothes. I, I like the way I looked in those, in those clothes, you know. <laughs> no, really. I, yeah. that, was, that was part of it. And, uh, well, you got the best beard for it. Well, actually, in the Regency period, the beard wasn't appropriate. Really? No, in the Regency period, unless you were a really old man, which I was. Uh, <laughs> uh, the beard you were was, old in 1840? I was. <laughs> the beard was not appropriate. They were clean-shaven. That was the style, the men's style, to be clean, pretty much clean-shaven in the uh, Jane Austen era or the Regency period or the War of 1812 period. And uh, speaking of the War of 1812, there's a uh, Camp Blunt. Camp Blunt in Lincoln County oh, in Fayetteville. Man. Yeah, we're going down and participating in that. And I will take horses and, and a wagon. I've done it every year, but I will again this it's year. It's a, a wonderful um, park yeah. that has been established. Um, oh, yeah, they finally gotten some funds from the state. Tell everybody so where it is. It's in Fayetteville, Fayetteville. on Huntsville Highway. Oh yeah, and actually, if you find Walmart, you found it. It's yeah. right, it's, it's right next. Only fitting. Yeah, it's only, yeah. It really is. You uh, know, they're going to put a Bucky's on the other side of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's, it's, it's a it, wonderful site, and y'all have historical days down there a lot. Oh and, you know, well, yearly. Yearly. It happens yearly. Hey, uh, Bill, and, a couple questions I got for you. You lived in multiple places. What 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 has been your favorite place you lived at so far? Uh, you know, you ready for this? Yes, I am. Tennessee. Okay. Tennessee. I didn't know if it was Florence, I, Alabama. I lived or not. twelve years in California. Mm-hmm. I'll never go back there except to visit. Okay. <laughs> and 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 maybe not then. Uh, I've lived in California. I've lived in Arizona. I've lived in Texas. I've lived in New Orleans. I've lived in Boston. I've lived in Atlanta. And uh, you live in Alabama too. 
And I've lived, I lived in Alabama for about 18 years. Yeah, I know it, yeah. And um, Alabama was okay. What part of Alabama? Florence. North Florence. That's a nice area. Beautiful. It really was, yeah. I actually, uh, my farm was right on the Natchez Trace. Oh, wow. wow. That's nice. Yeah, so, I mean, I had a nice place. I had a beautiful creek, almost a river, running through it. And uh, But to be honest with you, Coach, I've enjoyed this being in Tennessee. I've been in Tennessee since 96. We've enjoyed you being here. Yeah, well, thank you for saying that. And well, it's a good jumping off spot because you can get to about anywhere from here. And that, Jim, is exactly why we moved here. Uh, I lived in Alabama, and Deborah lived in Nashville. Uh-huh. Deborah had lost her husband, and I lost my wife. And we met at a reenactment. We were both doing Civil War reenacting. This is an interesting story. I really got to tell it. They, I was providing horses for the event, for the officers to ride, and they called me beforehand and asked me, did I have an extra horse for a board member named Deborah Petty? And I said, yeah, does she ride? And he said, yeah, yeah, she does. She's, she's a rider. I said, okay, so I took my son's horse, a trick horse. <laughs> Mistake. <laughs> and, and I took that horse over there. Well, it turned out, long story short, I had to kind of watch her because she couldn't handle the horse. So we had ended up spending the whole day together. And while we were scouting out where we were going to do the battles, where we were going to put the camps and all that stuff, uh, at the end of the day, you know how people say, come see me, when you really say, get out of my face, I've had enough of you all day. Yeah. You know, this, they said, I said, come see me. And they said, okay. Two days later, I get a phone call. Mm-hmm. And the guy who had asked me for the horse said, did you mean that? And I said, yeah. He said, I said, who's coming? He said, and he told me. Deborah was one of them. And she came over for the weekend to ride. And that's the end of it. Boy, I was trapped. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I was there. You we, got hold of a tar baby, didn't you? You just couldn't oh, let go. No, we, we've been together since 94. <laughs> that's we've awesome. We've been together since 94. Well, I'm glad to see you, you finally found somebody that could tame you. Oh, man, I'm telling you what. They told me in the beginning, they said, don't marry that woman. She's a class A personality just like you, type A. And you're never going to get along. One more well, question, Bill. Did you ever sing anything? Did, Did you, you ever sing music? Sing. Did you sing? Did you ever sing? Did I ever sing? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, in the, in, were you a singing cowboy? <laughs> were you a yeah, singing cowboy? I, I did. Well, no, I didn't do it on stage. I was never a singer, but I was a singer I thought before we, I lost my voice. I thought we had a conversation one time, because we yeah. knew you for a long time. But no. I, so, yeah. yeah. That's maybe. one of the things that bothered me the most is I can't. I can't sing anymore. Did you ever work, sing in church? Did you work any with Gene Autry? Huh? Gene Autry. Gene no, Autry. I never met him. Never okay, met I didn't him. Know way before me. Oh yes. He was way before me. He was in the forties and fifties. I didn't get. I didn't get to California until the early sixties. You didn't go with Gold Rush. <laughs> <laughs> hey, quit! I got a question for you. When when um, Yule Brenner. And Cecil B. DeMille did the reenactment of the Ten Commandments with the chariots crossing the uh, the Red Sea. Was that accurate when you were there originally? I was there originally. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I was an advisor on that movie. Wow. I was wondering if there was a, a, a real bad smell on the ark. Do you remember? <laughs> on the ark? Hey, hey, Bill, how do you, you ask your wife? She's a sweet lady. We love her. How would you propose to her? 
Oh, well, it was on the back of a this, horse. This was really, really romantic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is not. I've got to do it before you break for a commercial. Uh, I was in Alabama, frozen in with an ice storm. I couldn't move, couldn't even get the truck out of the driveway. She was stuck in Alabama, and we were on the phone. And believe it or not, as soon as we get weather, we can get together, you want to get married? <laughs> Well, that was it. There was nothing, like I wasn't down on my knees, nothing like that. But you, now the wedding, I got to tell you this, and then we'll go. The wedding was a full 1860s Confederate wedding at Oak Lawn. Wow. Everybody was dressed. I had a, uh, a bagpiper pipe us in, pipe her in, and pipe us out. And when we went out, we went out under the military arch of sabers, everybody in wow. Civil War clothes. And uh, it was amazing. All right, Coach, we got we do have to have a break, but I tell you what, you're coming back next week, and i, I got am. a charge for you. We want to see pics. You want to see what? Pictures. We want you to bring some pictures Picture. back of that of that wedding when you come back. That's yeah, so what we can show everybody on the radio. Yeah, we're going to hold it up to the microphone and show everybody. Right I'm waiting to see of, that. But the rest of us want to see it. I have uh, a oh. black and white picture. <laughs> yeah, well, it may very well be. So anyway, I can, I can do that. I, you have to remind me. You're going to be gone, but Sarah, I'll be yeah. here. I'll. I'll I know you're going to be here, Charlotte. But you call me and remind me to bring that album in. You'll love that. I mean, it's great. All right, folks, we got a break. It's been a fun segment, and we'll be right back with Inside Middle Tennessee. Financial is a full-service family financial planning firm. What we mean by that is we will work with young clients, assisting them with budgeting and Roths, young families with college planning, life and disability insurance, older clients as they bring in 401k rollovers and seek advice for estate and tax planning. And finally, our elderly clients when it comes to the distribution phase of their retirement plan and long-term care options. This is Daisy Cook with Caledonian Financial in historic downtown Columbia. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, health care, churches, charity, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. This is Jumpin' Joe Wiley, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Three, two, one. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway or at ParksMotorSales.com. 
Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931 Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at GarbageManInc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Sarah Elizabeth, and you're listening to Inside Middle Tennessee on Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM. Man, we're back with Inside Middle Tennessee on a nice, warm, dry, cool, not cool, but warm, dry day. Warm, dry day. Well, (laughs) it looked like on the radar that the rain was coming again. Oh, of course it is. I was trying to have a Zoom call yesterday in the middle of this storm. And oh, I stopped it at once, and I'm like, it's storming here, so I may lose power, but yeah, I'll, I'll get yeah. back on if I need to. Yeah, understand so. what's coming. Yeah, so. Well, Mother, y'all tasked us last week uh, to do Will Rogers and Mark Twain. So, Mother and I did our homework assignment. Should we have a vote on who had the most colorful expressions? Maybe at the end. Because, or are they all that way? Uh, that all very, very clever. Very clever. Uh, but... Will Rogers was born in 1879. So, you have to... This is right after the Civil War, towards the end of Reconstruction. But um, he he was born on a ranch in Oklahoma. Um, both of his parents had a small amount of Cherokee Indian blood in them because the Trail of Tears led the Cherokees mm-hmm. to Oklahoma. Um, he attended a military academy in Boonville, Missouri for two years. 
He left the school in 1889 and became a cowboy in the Texas Panhandle. That was the real cowboys. <laughs> well, he was only, so 1889, he was only 10 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, he drifted off to Argentina and then turned up in South Africa a few years later as a member of Texas Jack's Wild West Circus. I had no clue. I, I, did, I didn't know that either. You know? Uh, he made his first appearance in New York City in 1905, um, where he reached his real fame in the Ziegfeld Follies of 1916. <laughs> that was a, uh, what What did they call that? Baldville. Baldville, yeah. yeah. Baldville show. Yeah. Um, and uh, he started his motion per, uh, picture career in 1918, and he made his first appearance in a stage play in Eugene O'Neill's Ah Wilderness. Oh, that's a good one. Um, and uh, he was also uh, in 26 or so. I'm skipping some on his timeline, but I thought this was interesting. He toured Europe as President Coolidge and ba- Coolidge's Ambassador of Goodwill. Keep huh. cool with Coolidge. And the following year, he chuck- he sent letters of a self-made... Di- uh, he over his book, the or his letters of a self-made diplomat to his president, um, which uh, his usual opening was, all I know is what I read in the papers. That'd I believe be- it could be changed to, all I know is what is false on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway. Uh, hey, he, if it's on the internet, it's true. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Black and white. Black and white. Uh, he married a lady named Betty Blake, who was an Arkansas school teacher. They had four children. And he was actually killed in a plane crash in Alaska um, in 1935. That, so. The pilot was Wiley Post. And there is a biographical movie. I don't know the name of it, but there is a biographical movie about Will Rogers. So that he was he was fifty eight or fifty nine, or is it, I do my math wrong there. Let's see, nineteen thirty five minus minus eighteen seventy nine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, fifty six. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but hit, thank you, <laughs> thank you. We're all like, yeah. Uh, but there are statues to him in the Capitol at Washington D.C., which I have seen. It's a pretty cool statue of him, and they have it in the Capitol. And then there's one in Oklahoma. You know, Sarah, the thing that's that's striking me is such a shame to have lost him at age fifty six because at that point in time, a lot of these guys like that, they're just getting warmed up. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, and he and did he you was, say he died in a plane crash? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In Alaska, that. yeah, I I knew it, but I'd forgotten I about it. I wish I could think I should have looked up the name of that movie. Uh, but uh, he was he was really neat, and um, I've seen that movie. Turner Classic Movies shows it occasionally on there. But here are some of his cl- oh. <laughs> quotes. Well, now, Scott better put his fingers in his ears because he loved <laughs> he loved to, to mock politicians. Yes, that was, <laughs> but he um, didn't care what party you were, no, Scott. He 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 was he, he wasn't biased. <laughs> Uh, I I don't know if I can say I will say this I'll probably get in trouble but that's okay uh, never miss a good chance to shut up uh, if you find yourself in a hole stop digging the quickest way to double your money is to fold it and put it back in your pocket <laughs> that should be your motto Jim at your office and you're exactly right yeah, yeah you're right there are three kinds of men the ones that learn by reading, the few who learn by observation, and the rest of them have to touch an electric fence. <laughs> <laughs> 
my cousin Bert, he pro- I don't know if he listens in the morning. Sometimes I wonder if he listens, but he and I that was um, he lived next door with my grandparents, and he dared me when I was little, to, when I was about Ellie Grace's age, to touch the fence, and Granddaddy didn't know it, and I touched the fence, and I hollered, and Granddaddy. It was not. <laughs> it is a, an electrifying experience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh hit, hit the bell. Hit, yeah, hit. there we go. <laughs> but and Ellie Grace uh, finally got bit by the electric fence this yeah, so year. She's so she's been initiated. <laughs> so that's just part of farm life. Good judgment comes from experience, and a lot of that comes from bad judgment. <laughs> if you're riding ahead of the herd, take a, a look back every now and then to make sure it's still there. I like this one. Letting the cat out of the bag is a whole lot easier than putting it back in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are two theories to arguing with women. Neither work. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that was pretty cool. And then I will end with this because I thought this was neat. He had an article about growing old and he listed, First, you eventually reach the point when you stop lying about your age and start bragging about it. Second, the older we get, the fewer things uh, seem worth waiting for. Third, some people try to turn back odometers. Not me. I want people to know why I look this way. I've traveled a long way, and some of those roads were not paved. <laughs> Bill Glidden needs to hear that yes. one. When you are disfa- dissatisfied and would like to go back to youth, think algebra. <laughs> I loved my algebra teachers, so I well, would be okay. But but you didn't care for the subject. I did not. Um, those, I didn't the, like either one. Nancy, whoop, Nancy Byer and Kathy Cook, if y'all are listening, I love y'all dearly. Um, fifth, you know you're getting old when everything either dries up or leaks. Sixth, <laughs> I don't know how I got over the hill without getting to the top. Seventh, one of the many things no one tells you about aging is that it is such a nice change from being young. Eighth, one must wait until the evening to see how splendid the day has been. Ninth, being young is beautiful, but being old is comfortable. And tenth, long ago when men cursed and beat the ground with sticks, it was called witchcraft. Today it is called golf. (laughs) (laughs) I will tell you, that's pretty accurate. So, that is very accurate. But that that was neat looking up some of his sayings and, and everything. I don't know if Mama got some more. But it is amazing that we had that kind of humor that everybody could appreciate mm-hmm. because it was directed to everybody, and he didn't take sides. He didn't didn't uh, make one group look worse than the well, other. Well, it's all about life. It is. You know, and I'll, I'll sit here tell you that uh, is it is it Gaff, Jim Gaffigan? Oh yes, yes. yes. I mean, He's on Sunday morning. It's kind of the same style. It is, it it's, is. He, he just talks about life. Yeah, and it, it is funny. The the one I remember most of all is uh, he would say, "I I never met a man I didn't like," and we used to say that at school. I don't know how exactly that played into it, but Paige and Claude used to say that. Uh, <clears throat> I'll do one, and then I'll go to Mark. He says, make crime pay. Become a lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, and and think of when this was. According to what I read, he traveled around the world three times. He was in 41 films, 50 of them silent, and he wrote 4,000 newspaper articles. Good Lord. 
That's prolific writing. Yeah, mm-hmm. particularly when, when you only live to be 56. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. pretty strong. Well, and, and just think of the inspiration he needed to write 4,000. He really had a knack with the language to be able to oh, do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you wonder if he, like most people or some people that write a lot, I write stuff down or I write it in my head or I have a tape recorder in the car and I'm mm-hmm. by myself because I travel all these 13 counties I serve. Sometimes if I think about how to write something and, and whatever, I'll just record it. Because it's fleeting and you, yeah, if yeah, you don't I'll do it, forget you'll, it, you'll forget yeah. it. So. <clears throat> all right, I'll talk about Mark Twain, who's one of my all-time favorite people. Some of you will remember Hal Holbrook, who has now passed away, mm-hmm. who went about the world impersonating Mark Twain. And I, In a I, one-man play. Yeah, and I saw, I saw him twice, uh, and he was magnificent. He was just so good. Now, there are other people who do that, but the the idea of his doing it is he, he actually grew older as he was doing it, and he became very believable. But the reason Mark Twain was known for a lecture circuit is he, he invested in a printing company that went bankrupt. And rather than, uh, and some other poor business dealings, and rather than uh, be bankrupt, he went on the lecture circuit. And that's why we get all those funny things that he said while he was making money to fill the coffers again when he had, had been broken by bad business dealings. Most people think he's the greatest humorist we have ever had. Sometimes we think he was not politically correct, but if you stop and think about when he lived, then for his time, he was politically correct. He was born in, in 1835 in Florida, Monroe County, Missouri, and Haley's Comet was was there at the same time. And he always said he would go out when the comet came again. And sure <laughs> enough, he did. on April 21st, 1910, he did. He died <laughs> when the comet came. And he said he would be sorely disappointed if it did not happen. He said, I came in with Haley's. Some people say Haley, some people say Haley's. It's coming again, and I expect to go with it. It would be a great disappointment of my life if I don't. And then then there are so many things you could say, but I wrote lots of papers about him and because I have an emphasis on American literature. He actually served in the Confederacy, and there is a very funny essay, I guess you'd call it an essay, he wrote called The Private History of a Campaign That Failed. And he, and they, they disbanded this group because they had discovered that when you go to war, somebody might shoot at you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a, it's a very funny thing. But they, let me do some of these quotes. They are just so so full of meaning. Sort of like Ben Franklin moved to the next century. Never tell the truth to people who are not worthy of it. When in doubt, tell the truth. If you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. We've heard that one. Oh, yes. A classic is something that everybody wants to have read and nobody wants to read. He went to Hawaii and did some writing. They were called the Sandwich Islands, and his quote about Hawaii is still famous. The loveliest fleet of islands that is anchored in any ocean. And then there are so many, there are thousands of them. Let us endeavor to live 
so that when we come to die, even the undertaker will be sorry. <laughs> Never argue with stupid people. They will drag you down to their level and then beat you with experience. <laughs> to get the full value of joy, you must divide it. Happiness ain't a thing in itself. It's only a contrast with something that ain't pleasant. Mm -hmm. If you want love and abundance in your life, give it away. Love seems, love seems the swiftest, but it actually is the slowest of all growths. Always do right. This will gratify some people and astonish the rest. <laughs> life is short. Break the rules. Forgive quickly. Kiss slowly. Love truly. Life uncontrollably and never regret anything that makes you smile. All right. We got and, about a minute or two okay. left. Well, I was going to, I've got some. Hey, we, we, you all want to save some of this for next week? We can. We can. I think we ought we'll to because this is too the, rich. Yeah. We need to find the, get the ones about the politicians. I didn't get yeah. those in my notes. We well, good. To. We'll get that next week. Oh, yeah. Get, this, get them, please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is this is rich but stuff. They, they are not your contemporaries, uh, no. Scott, so they're not criticizing you. Mm. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'm sure I've heard them. <laughs> I tell you what, folks, we are up against the break. We'll be back in just a few minutes with Inside Middle Tennessee. People often ask about the initials after mine and Monty's names. Those initials are CFP, Certified Financial Planner. As a CFP, we will do our best to help you in the attainment of your financial goals while protecting those assets with proper insurance coverage. We encourage the team approach of holistic financial planning by working alongside your CPA and attorney. This is Gay Pike with Caledonian Financial in historic downtown Columbia. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated. Member FINRA and SIPC. The Kiwanis Club and Columbia Main Street are partnering to create the best event of the season, the annual Kiwanis Chili Cook-Off and the new Main Street event, Fall Fest on the Square. This will be held September 30th, 3 to 7 p.m., downtown Columbia. There will be music, food trucks, vendors, and entertainment by the renowned Journey Band, Majestic. For more information, visit the Kiwanis of Columbia Facebook page and click the Events tab or go to www.visitcolumbia.com. Gypsy Kings featuring Torino Baliardo return to Nashville with a concert that will take you on a trip down memory lane. The Gypsy Kings will be performing their greatest hits November 4th at TPAC Andrew Jackson Hall. For you to dance and enjoy an unforgettable night. Tickets on sale through toninobaliardo.com. A loud and live production. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. 
You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Elk Kennedy. The old saying is, happy wife, happy life could be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back, but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled, but then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. You're listening to the best in news, talk, sports, and music on WKOM 101.7 FM in Columbia, Tennessee. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. And we're back with Inside, Inside Middle Tennessee. And you know what? This segment, I'm proud to introduce Ellie the Greek's favorite person, <laughs> Representative Scott Sapicki. Now, is it going to be football or state today? No, 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 no state. Let's talk football because we are we are right there about, what, th- two and a half, three weeks away from the high school football? Two weeks. And, Coach, what do we got away. tomorrow? Yeah, you got the big thing Oh, we tomorrow. got the uh, kickoff classic border battle with Withorn Middle School versus Richland out at Columbia Central Stadium at 6 o'clock. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's six, right? Mm-hmm. Is there a cost to get in, Coach? Yes, sir. What, what's the cost, you know? $100. <laughs> <laughs> He's not, not, not for me, for the person. Yeah, you can come through the back door, Scott. We'll let you in. <laughs> but no, it's $5 a ticket. Best $5 and, investment you can make. And don't forget, last night was the first NFL game. That's true. Th- th- does it go to the athletic Save program for you guys for middle uh, school? Yes, it does. It goes to, uh, you know, the gate money goes to the football. Uh, of course, uh, we're blessed that the county picks up the referees uh as of last year they pick it up at even bus transportation so we we're leaning towards getting a lot of stuff fixed in the county thanks to you guys up on the hill scott but uh yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun uh i'm looking forward to it there are also games tonight our preseason games i should say columbia central will they travel to springfield coach or are they at home no actually they really parked tonight the new football field out there they're gonna scrimmage there tonight against springfield and then, and then, of course, next Friday night is the big jamboree at Columbia mm-hmm. uh, Central oh, Stadium. yes, the jamboree. Columbia Academy will travel to East Hickman for their matchup t- tonight. And then Spring Hill 
will uh, host Overton. Overton's coming to Spring Hill to, to, to play them. So uh, football is in full swing. Uh, Columbia Central played Nashville Christian last week. Last Friday, yes. Or, or last Friday, how, how'd that go? Uh, a lot of Nashville Christian and very little Columbia Central. Didn't go well for us last Friday. First game out, but that's, you know, as coaches, you try to see the biggest jump in the performance of the team from the first one to the second scrimmage. So hopefully we'll see a good improvement. Well, you learn a lot with those. Columbia Academy did very well, but uh, they played Community, who was very down, Cornersville, who was very down, and then a JV matchup with Spring Hill, who we know is struggling, so really not much of a barometer right there. East Hickman might be a, might be a little bit better test, but uh, our, the first test for Columbia, Columbia Academy is going to be the first game of the year against Mid- Middle Tennessee Christian. <laughs> that, that, that'll be a very good football well, game. Will that be in Murfreesboro? Uh, no, it's at home. Good, good. It's at home. Uh, college football is right around the corner now. We know the NFL played yesterday. The Giants and the – went blank. The Giants and the uh, – Jets. Uh, no, no, the Browns. Cleveland and the – not Jets. the Giants, the Jets and the Browns Jets played. And the Browns played. Jets and the Browns played. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers did not play, uh, and so everybody's waiting to see the Aaron Rodgers yeah. era in uh, New York kickoff. Is it going to be another Joe Namath or or not? So we'll see what happens there. And Cleveland won twenty one sixteen. Yes, Cleveland won. So uh, that that right there stopped the presses. Cleveland won a football game. Yes. Uh, yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't go in the record books. No. <laughs> they had to come from behind and win it. They, they were down 13 yeah. nothing at one time. The uh, preseason uh, polls are out for the SEC. Um, in the uh, in the Eastern Division, um, it looks like it's going to be uh, pretty, Georgia. pretty much one way. Everybody's, most people are picking Georgia. Tennessee to finish second, then South Carolina, Kentucky, Florida, Missouri, and Vanderbilt. But in the West, people are, are – it's going to be interesting. They got Alabama with eighteen hundred and ninety nine first our votes, LSU at eighteen thirty eight. Ooh, so people think that uh, close. That, that Brian Kelly may have LSU a little bit further along than he did last year. Texas A and M, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Auburn, then Mississippi State struggling after the loss of their head coach. So uh, looks like uh, Alabama and Georgia headed for a rematch in the in the SEC title game unless something else happens, and hopefully Tennessee can uh, finally break the uh, the spell of Athens. And beat Georgia this year, and and really start to turn the program around. Mm-hmm. Even though they have to go to Tuscaloosa, and I'm sure Coach Saban is reminding everybody about the goalpost being torn down in Knoxville last year. Well, most definitely is. I think the big sleeper in the West, they won't win it, but they may do better than you think. Is Auburn because Hugh Freeze is a really good college football coach. I, I think he's a really good football coach, but I think the cupboard is absolutely bare down yeah, there in the plains. Oh, true, that's true. And in the SEC, you've got to come in loaded, or you're not. The thing that's What's really interesting is I don't know if if Jimbo Fisher would still be around at Texas A and M except for his eighty million dollar buyout. Yeah, no kidding. Because I mean he has not performed to those standards. Now with yeah. Texas coming into the league next year, boy, I mean that's you have just made recruiting extremely difficult in the state of Texas because now you have two SEC schools going after those top recruits. And let's face it, if you can play in the Big Twelve or the Mountain West. Or you can play in the SEC as a top recruit. You're probably going to choose to play for Texas or Texas A&M. Not to mention that as far as money goes, Texas is the richest program Mm -hmm. in college football. Over Notre Dame, over Ohio State, over Mm -hmm. USC, over Alabama, everybody. Speaking of Notre Dame, uh, the college football season is kicking off August 26th with a very tough game that's a sleeper here. And you got to watch out for this. Navy travels to Notre Dame. (laughs) <laughs> watch out fighting Irish yeah. because the Navy is always a tough football team. Yeah. Those games are always close. 
And if Notre Dame comes out and makes some mistakes, they could find themselves looking up at, at the national championship chase from an 0-1 start. Uh, LSU, another tough get, uh, top-ranked team, going to play travel to Florida State to take on the Seminoles. Watch out there. Uh, September 2nd, TCU and Colorado. Deion Sanders experiment in Colorado. They get to travel to TCU coming off a, a stint in the national championship. Probably not as good as they were last year, but uh, but not that bad of a football team. And uh, prime time is going to get a shot in prime time to see how well his football team looks. And then mm-hmm. uh, Ohio State will travel to Indiana. Be careful of that game. Indiana is always a tough game for Ohio State, and they yes. get them early. Yeah. And so anything can happen there. But the game we're all going to be watching is uh, Virginia-Tennessee. We're going to see if uh, the quarterback, Joe Milton, right? Joe Milton covered Tennessee. Is he going to come out and be the quarterback we all hope he's going to be? Or is he going to be the Joe Milton that's always been well, playing? Well, I would say that downtown Nashville will start celebrating about halftime. Tennessee will blow out <laughs> Virginia. They, Ta- talent-wise, I mean, talent-wise, they should be able to just run the football in Virginia. Virginia is the last best recruiting university yeah. in the nation right now. So wow. it'll, it'll be interesting. But it's going to be a watch, you know, J- Joe Milton's progression because you, mm-hmm. it's not that long before you're in the SEC schedule. And – if you're going to win the SEC East, you have to beat Georgia. Because yep. if you lose to Georgia, that means Georgia has to lose twice. Yeah. And that's just not happening in the East. It's just not happening. Well, Scott, the other thing, too, at some point in in the next couple of years, Florida will probably make a resurgence. And eventually, is, eventually. You know, I mean, that that is a talent-rich state. It is. But the problem with Florida now is, you know, when Florida ruled the roost with the Florida State – the, the Central Floridas, the Florida Atlantics, all that, they were non-existent. Yeah. Well, now those are very good top-flight programs mm-hmm. that are attracting a lot of people to come play for. Mm-hmm. Plus, you've got the people like, like Troy University in Alabama that went uh, had 11 wins last year. They're starting to steal people. And so what happens is, yeah, Florida may recruit them, but Florida's losing them to the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these kids just don't want to sit on the bench for three years and wait to play at Florida when they could transfer to Troy and play right now. Yeah. which makes Troy's and, and the James Madison's and the Coastal Carolinas and the Appalachian States, it makes them very formidable opponents for these Division One teams to play early in the year. It's not, you know, remember when Appalachian State went up and beat Michigan? It was just a total yeah, shocker, yeah. right? Yes, they should have beat Tennessee. Yes, they do. Well, well, here's the thing. it's you got to be careful scheduling those teams now because of the transfer portal. You look at teams like uh, Western Kentucky or Arkansas State, right? UAB. They, UAB. They are full – of these transfers from these big-time programs who just got tired of sitting on a bench. They want to play. So when you take a kid that's destined to play at Ohio State who can play there, but he doesn't want to wait and he transfers to Appalachian State, and then Appalachian State plays Tennessee, that's a player that's at the Ohio State level playing for Appalachian State, and that's how you get surprised. Ask A&M last year. Appalachian State. So that's changed the dynamics it has. of everything. It has, it, has. Level, it has really leveled the playing field to where it's blurred. Now, you got your premium programs, right? Your, your Alabamas, your Ohio State, your Michigans, right? Your, your elite blue bloods of college football. But then the, the, the football championship series, like, um, oh, Lord, like your UT Martins, your, your UT Chattanoogas, right? It's blurred the lines between them and the Appalachian states and the Ball states and the Miami of Ohio's and the Purdue's and the Indiana's, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of blurred the lines to them that, you know, these three mm-hmm. quote-unquote early season games, you better be ready to play. 
And the kicker to all that, Scott, is that them teams you're talking about there is a recruiting to the NIL. Hey, you're going to be on national TV. We play uh, Alabama. We play Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And plus, them cats going to give us a million dollars to come down and play them. Coach, you know, the other thing I was thinking about, because you mentioned it earlier, UAB, mm-hmm. Trent Dilfer I know left Lipscomb Academy to go down there. He's a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. Do not think he doesn't have mm-hmm. some money behind him, and he's not going to wind up recruiting well. And he put well. the state of Alabama on notice, too, come right in the public and said, hey, you're not going to get all the recruits. We're going to get our share. Do, do they play at uh, Legion Field, UAB? They do. They no, got, no, 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 they UAB. They got the new stadium, UAB stadium. They got stadium. a new stadium that's in downtown that's Birmingham. Birmingham. That's what I thought. They got a new stadium. It's Regions Field down mm-hmm. there. Yeah. It's uh, Regions so it, Bank. It, it's going to be really interesting. I mean, this college football thing with the transfer portal has made it difficult for high school kids. But once you get into the fraternity of college football as a player, you, you your your mobility is endless. Yeah. And and bouncing around and moving around and, and choosing what's good for you. But I think what you're seeing is these these mid majors they're called. Be careful. Yeah. Tread lightly on them. Uh, uh, you know, Wisconsin, where I played football at, we're all scratching our heads right now. We hired Luke Fickle, the head coach of Cincinnati, and they're going to transfer Wisconsin, who was an archaic pound-the-ground running team into this air raid offense that Luke Fickle knows, right? And they're going to throw the ball over the field. Wisconsin's going to struggle because they got square pegs and round holes up there, right? Yeah, yeah you got to you got to recruit the you talent. Gotta recruit that. Talent. I was going to say you got to have quarterback side. receivers and for so that they, kind of game. They hit the uh, they hit the transfer portal hard up in Wisconsin, which therefore made the high school coaches angry in Wisconsin because Wisconsin wasn't recruiting their players that they recruited for fifty years. Well, yeah. Wisconsin players are will end up at Illinois. Illinois is going to be the next Wisconsin you mm-hmm. watch. Well, I'm, I'm trying to think. Somebody Brett Bielema is the head coach Minnesota there. Who's the coach? Uh, some big time uh, program got a Wisconsin quarterback, didn't they? Here, the... uh, Florida did. Yeah, Florida. Graham Merce. Yeah, yeah. We, we were happy to to, get, to give him to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we were happy. Okay. <laughs> but um, you know, you, you've got Illinois you, that is is being built by Brett Bielema. True in the Wisconsin fashion of we're going to run the football at you, we're going to run it 35, 40 times a game, and we're just going to beat you up. And last year I think they won seven, eight games. Eight games. Yeah, you got eight Minnesota games. up there too. And so you got Minnesota doing yeah. the same thing. Iowa's doing the same thing. So this – and you can throw the football, right, mm-hmm. in, up, up in the Big Ten, which is the northern part of the country. Not a problem in August, mm-hmm. September. But mm-hmm. you get into October, November. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. It gets tough to throw the football out there when there's snow on the ground. And yeah. the wind's blowing forty degrees, and you're in Ann Arbor, and your fingers are cold, and you can't and you can't feel anything, right? And you're trying to run through the snow, so you got to be careful. And so we're we're optimistic up in Wisconsin right now, but very cautious <laughs> that this could be a year where it it goes south real quick. You know, a program you had mentioned that has all in the past has been a very good program, and I'm thinking about pounding football, Nebraska. Has anybody heard anything Matt, about that? R- Matt Rule. Matt yeah, Rule, yeah. Matt Rule is the coach. new head coach. He, they have the coach they need. It's old-time football coach.